Good morning. Once again, we want to acknowledge to our Father and our God in heaven that we are grateful for all of his love, mercy, and blessings. Uh, in this turbulent time in which we are living, God offers to us stability and calm, and these are ours when we allow God to lead us by his spirit and by his word. When we allow God to lead us, uh, among the attendant blessings that we receive are clarity of perspective, uh, peace of mind, and calmness of spirit. These become ours as the children of God because God is. And when we say God is, any good thing that you fill in the blank with, God is. God is all powerful. God is gracious. God is merciful. God is not willing that any should perish. Uh, thus, in Christ Jesus, he offers to us all that we need to successfully navigate the troubled road of life. The psalmist has declared in Psalm 119, uh, verse 165, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. And for all of God's blessings, we ought to be eternally grateful. We want to direct your attention uh, this morning again to the text that was read into our hearing there in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. We want to read again there verse number 9. Uh, 1 Corinthians 16 verse 9 in your Bibles, Paul declares, for a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. Based on the words of the apostle here in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, we want to use this morning as a subject, a great door is open. And as we consider the text that we have before us here in 1 Corinthians 16, uh, may we be ever mindful of the fact that the things that we read are written for our learning and for our example. Uh, they are not written for us to be critical analysts uh, concerning all that is wrong in everyone else. Uh, they are written to help us be better equipped for service in the master's kingdom. And so when we look at what the apostle declares here in 1 Corinthians 16, uh, he says that a great door had been opened to him and for him. Now, a closed door is more akin to a barrier than an opening. Thus, when we read about Paul declaring an open door, uh, it speaks of an opportunity awaiting that needs to be seized. Seized, and God had opened such a door for Paul in the city of Ephesus. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think about Ephesus, as we read of the city in Acts chapter 19, uh, at first thought, the words opportunity and Ephesus don't strike me as a good match. Uh, but, but when we uh, uh, think about Acts chapter 19, you remember in Acts 19, we read there, about the debacle with the sons of Sceva who fancied themselves to be exorcists. And you remember that they approached a man who 
uh, was possessed with evil spirits. And they say to him, we, we adjure you or we command you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. And you remember the man in whom the evil spirit resided said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? And he leapt on them and prevailed against them and beat them so that they fled the house naked and wounded. Now imagine that would have been a sight to see. Uh, but then we read further concerning Ephesus in Acts 19 uh, about the malicious uh, uh, silversmith named Demetrius and, and the riot that he incited. You remember he worked the town into a frenzy uh, over the goddess that they worshiped. Uh, uh, Diana of the Ephesians, or Artemis, as you read her name uh, in other translations. And uh, the crowd, uh, the Bible says, the more part didn't know what they were there for in the first place, but they got worked up into such a frenzy that for about the space of two hours, they were there yelling, great is Diana of the Ephesians. Well, in that city, uh, Paul says that a great door had been opened unto him. And, and so one of the things that we observe right out the gate before I get to my uh, sermon points this morning, uh, there's an important observation to be remembered. Uh, and that is the fact that never underestimate the potential for good created by the power of God. Paul looks at uh, the, 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 the idolatrous city of Ephesus and he says a great door is open, but when you stop and think about it, it actually makes sense. Uh, wherever sin abounds and people are outside the covenant of grace, the gospel message is needed. Uh, wherever hearts are heavy and souls are weary, the gospel message is needed. And when I look at the world in which we currently live, and uh, specifically when I look at our nation, uh, uh, people might say uh, the world is uh, 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 just not headed in a good direction, and that's true, but I, I believe a great door is open to do uh, great things in the name of Christ Jesus uh, uh, through the church, which is his kingdom. And, and when we think about uh, this great door being opened and the opportunity uh, uh, that is ours, let us remember that the work of God is not a work without purpose. Uh, 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 if people are dead in sin, uh, then that's the prime opportunity for the gospel of Jesus because the gospel is preached to save us from sin. Uh, uh, so when we talk about the work of God, it, it's a necessary work of sizable responsibility and significant labor, but uh, to anyone who has ever labored in the master's kingdom, then they can tell you uh, that there's no work more rewarding or more fulfilling. So when we look at uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 16, when we read the words of the apostle, the magnitude and the urgency uh, of this opportunity are seen uh, in his words in verses 5 through 7. Uh, let me read that again for you. Paul says, now I will come unto you when I shall pass through Macedonia, for I do pass through Macedonia, and it may be that I will abide, yea, and winter with you, that ye may bring me on my journey whithersoever I go. For I will not see you now by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you, 
if the Lord permit. So we, we, we get from Paul's words, his desire is to see the Corinthian Christians and spend some quality time with them. But this opportunity in Ephesus would have to take priority. God had opened a, a, a door for Paul in Ephesus, and Paul was determined to faithfully take advantage of it. And, and I just believe that in our world today, God still opens doors. And if we look with the right perspective, and if we look with the right understanding, then we see even now there is a great door opened for uh, service in the master's kingdom. When you think about where we are right now with the uh, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic and uh, the division you see in our nation over the politics and, and, and over the social inequity and all the other problems uh, 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 that we are having, I, I doubt that God's will for us in, in this pandemic is simply to hunker down and hope that we can last through it. I, I believe there's a great opportunity while uh, uh, people's minds are reeling from all that we're going through uh, to introduce them to Christ Jesus and, and the blessings that come from uh, uh, being a part of his kingdom. But may we appreciate uh, with great opportunity may well come great opposition. In, in, in fact, opportunity may be brought on by opposition. You remember last week uh, uh, from Acts chapter eight, uh, we saw that the persecution uh, against the church at Jerusalem is actually what led to the scattering of the church, and, and they preached as they were scattered. So when God opens a door, there is an undeniable opportunity. Uh, you remember Jesus saying to the church in Philadelphia in Revelation 3.8, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. Well, well I believe God has opened a door uh, uh, in our current world, and, and is one of which, uh, uh, as children of God, uh, we need to be willing to take advantage of this opportunity uh, to be busy in the master's service. When God opens a door, uh, I submit to you, number one, that it is a door of hope. Uh, in Hosea chapter 2 and verse number 15, we read, and I will give her her vineyards from thence, and the valley of Achor for a door of hope, and she shall sing there as in the days of her youth and as in the day when she came up out of the land of Egypt. Now, to appreciate the word here in Hosea 2.15, where we find uh, that God opened a door of hope, uh, we need to call to remembrance a couple of things. Uh, you remember Hosea was commanded by God to marry a woman that would be unfaithful to him as his wife. Uh, and, and the purpose of this was so that Hosea and Israel be able to identify with God's pain at Israel's infidelity. But can you imagine God coming to you and saying, I want you to marry somebody, and I'm telling you on the front end that they're going to be unfaithful to you. Now, the command to Hosea uh, uh, just... Uh, it influence you, influences you to want to do a Jonah. Uh, you remember God told Jonah, go down to Nineveh, and Jonah wasn't trying to hear that. By no means did he want to go preach to his mortal enemies, and Jonah took off running in the other direction. Now, what Jonah learned is you can't say no to God. 
Now, now you can say no, but God's will and God's way is going to prevail. Uh, uh, Jonah ended up going to Nineveh. Now, he went the hard way rather than just go, uh, but he learned when God says something, it will be the way that God says. Well, well God says to Hosea, I, I want you to marry a harlot. Now, I, I think I've mentioned to you uh, before, my paternal family is, is from the South, from uh, Albany, Georgia. And, and, and you know, in the South, they just have some peculiar expressions uh, uh, when they're trying to express certain things. Now, if, if you go to somebody in the South and uh, 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 say to them, uh, uh, tell them to do something that they don't want to do, uh, well, well, my Southern family, their response to, to that would be, I ain't. Now, now, when God tells Hosea, uh, uh, you marry a harlot, uh, uh, the expression that comes to mind is, I ain't. Now, now, yes, you are. You're going to do what I told you to do. It's just a question of how are we going to get through this. But Hosea, you are, in fact, going to marry this woman who is going to be unfaithful to you. But, but now consider further, not only does he tell Hosea to marry uh, a harlot, but then there is this expression, uh, the Valley of Achor. Now, to the Jewish mind, uh, to talk about the Valley of Achor, it, it would have evoked a sense of tragedy and trouble. Uh, you remember uh, when God told uh, the Israelites to go over and subdue the promised land, uh, that he was very careful to say to them, now Jericho is going to be the first victory and the first fruits belong to God. So when you overthrow Jericho, nobody take anything. Everything from Jericho is mine, but there will be other victories and there will be other spoils. But because Jericho is first, everything in Jericho is reserved to me. Now, you remember there was a fellow by the name of Achan, and uh, the Bible says that Achan just saw some of the spoils of Jericho and he coveted them. Now, now it means I know what God said, and I know I'm not supposed to do this, but I want this stuff so bad that I'm willing to transgress the clear command of God to have it. And you remember the account there in Joshua chapter seven. Well, they go out to fight little old Ai and, and get chased home with their tails between their legs. And uh, they wanna know how could they lose to Ai? And God says there is sin in the camp. And uh, 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 as the account is related, they find out that the sin was Achan taking uh, what he was not supposed to take. And, and so there in the valley of Achor, uh, Achan and all that pertained to him uh, uh, was stoned and then burned. So when you said the valley of Achor uh, uh, to a Jewish person, it, it didn't necessarily evoke a, a, a pleasant memory, but the message through this troubled prophet uh, using a scene that would have evoked trouble in the Jewish mind was that Israel's chosen path, and they had chosen the path of idolatry, their chosen path would lead them to trouble. But there was hope because God's grace and mercy, coupled with their repentance, would, would provide for their deliverance. Now, what does all of that say to us? Well, well, our world has chosen a troubled path. You know, we've kicked God out of just about everything. And, and in many respects, we are reaping the consequences of our choice. But there is still a door of hope, a hope open because the gospel of Christ Jesus is still available. 
And even as God reached out to Israel in the days of the Old Testament by his prophets, so he reaches out to the world today through the church. We have set before us by God a door of hope. But not only is it true that when God opens a door, is it true that it's a door of hope? But when God opens a door, it's also a door of faith. Now, again, in your Bibles, in Acts chapter 14 and verse number 27, the Bible says, And when they were come and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. Now, when we look at Acts chapter 14, we find there that the door of faith or, or door to the faith had been opened unto the Gentiles. Now, remember, the Gentiles were not part uh, of the covenant uh, that was made with the Jewish nation uh, in the Old Testament. So the Gentiles had been uh, uh, dead in sin and without hope. Uh, 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 for a good long time, and, and by the time we get to the New Testament, where the gospel of Christ Jesus is now being preached, uh, you remember at first uh, uh, that they only preached the gospel to the Jews, but then uh, God took Peter by the hand, so to speak, and, and led him to the household of Cornelius, and from that time on, uh, the gospel was preached to the Gentiles uh, as well. A door to the faith had been opened uh, to the Gentiles. Now, when we look again and trying to make uh, 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 the parallel, uh, uh, there has been a fallout from the current pandemic in the same way that there is a fallout from every crisis. And, and as a matter of fact, uh, sometimes in a crisis, people want relief rather than Jesus. But appreciate that we don't help people to get a particular response. Uh, uh, we don't have things like the food pantry for the express purpose that you must be baptized in order to get food from the pantry. The food pantry is simply a door to the faith. Now we'll give the food to whoever it is that has need. Now prayerfully, they'll be open to the message of Christ Jesus. So the food pantry is really just a, a vessel or, or, or a door to the faith. We help because God has blessed us to be able so to do. But let us not miss the fact that this is a great time for the church to be helpful in very relevant ways in the lives of those that are needy and suffering. We have to remember that God can bring good out of that which is unpleasant or even tragic. And again, you remember in Acts chapter eight and verse number four, that because of the great persecution and the scattering of the Christians, uh, 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 that they went everywhere preaching the word. So God brought good out of something that was intended to be destructive. Now, mind you, let us be aware of the fact God can present us with opportunities that don't stem from a crisis or a tragedy. You know, it, it shouldn't always have to come to uh, uh, something critical is happening before we're willing to listen. But God can use even those critical things to open a door to the faith. And then third this morning, I submit to you that when God opens a door, it is a door of utterance. Now, now don't miss this. Uh, utterance simply means uh, to say something uh, or, or to speak. 
I can remember one time we were having a Bible study with a young lady and she was confused about a lot of things. And we were reading in Acts chapter two, where the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit coming on the apostles. And the Bible says that they each spoke as the spirit gave them utterance. And her question was, now, what is the utterance? You know, sometimes people just want to make something mystical out of what the Bible says. Well, 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 all Luke was telling us is that they spoke as God gave them the speech. Uh, so a door of utterance is open to us by God, an opportunity to speak a word for Christ Jesus and to teach and to preach uh, of the gospel of Christ. In Colossians 4 and verse number three in your Bibles, Paul says, with all praying also for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds. Now there in Colossians 4, 3, Paul defined what the door of utterance is. He says to speak the mystery of Christ. Well, maybe someone asked, well, what is the mystery? Well, well it's not a mystery to us. Uh, the mystery of Christ is the fact that God would reconcile all men in one body, whether they be Jew or Gentile, that he would reconcile all men in Christ Jesus. And, and Paul says, pray for us that God would open unto us a door of earth, that he would give us an opportunity to speak the mystery of Christ. Uh, and, and, and whether it be a time of adversity or a time of prosperity, we should pray that God would open a, a door for the teaching and preaching of the gospel of Christ Jesus. Paul understood this, that, that this was the core of our labor. Uh, uh, the prime directive, if you are a child of God, uh, is that I need to be uh, active. I need to have some fellowship in, in the spreading of the message of, of Christ Jesus. Now, appreciate uh, the soul of every person is valuable and precious uh, in the sight of God. In, in 2 Peter 3, verse number 9, uh, uh, there Peter declares that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, would not willing that any should perish, but that all men might come to repentance. If you ever wondered, what is God waiting on? Uh, uh, to come back again, seeing as this world is in such a mess. It, well, he's waiting because God is giving men opportunity uh, to hear the gospel message of Christ Jesus and render obedience there too. See, he doesn't want anybody to be lost. God sees what's going on in the world in which we're living. And, and, and he appreciates uh, uh, that this is certainly not the best of times, but, but because of his grace and his mercy, uh, God is opening a door of utterance, uh, giving men a chance to be reconciled to him uh, before it is eternally too late. And it's given to every member of the church to have some fellowship in the spreading uh, of the gospel message. Uh, you remember John 15, verse number two, that Jesus there declares that every branch that does not bear fruit and you know, sometimes we get into the Bible class debate when he talks about bearing fruit there. Is he talking about bearing fruit in the term of reproducing as a Christian, or is he talking about bearing fruit, uh, bearing the fruit of the Spirit? Uh, and I answer that question to do one is to do the other. Uh, and when you talk about the fruit of the Spirit, Paul says the fruit of the Spirit 
now not nine separate fruits, but 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 the, the fruit of the spirit produces all of these things. And one of the things that Paul declares there is love. And can it be said that we love people, that, that we have their best interest at heart if we will not share with them the message that will allow them to be reconciled to Christ Jesus? So if you bear the fruit of the spirit, you will reproduce as a Christian. And if you reproduce as a Christian, it's because you're bearing the fruit of the spirit. And we need to uh, uh, be aware of the fact that God still opens doors uh, in our world today. And it strikes me, you know, when you open a door, you don't open a door just to have the door open. Uh, you know, when we open the door here, I open the door so you can come in. Now, the door not open to let the cool air out or the cold air in. Uh, the door not open to let, uh, you know, bugs and flies and all of that kind of thing in. The door is open so you can come in, but the door is not going to stay open all the time. There is a window of opportunity to avail yourself uh, uh, of the advantage of being able to enter through the door. Well, God is opening doors for the church to be active in the work of his kingdom, uh, but the doors are not going to stay open uh, perpetually. But when we are active uh, in the work of God and when God opens that door of utterance and we teach the gospel message, uh, uh, men are reconciled to Christ Jesus today the same way they were when the gospel was first preached in Acts chapter 2. Now, when someone wants to uh, uh, come in through the door uh, of salvation, uh, uh, God requires that they hear the good news that Jesus died for our sins, was buried, but raised on the third day. In your Bibles, in Romans 10, verse 17, uh, there Paul declared that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Uh, he requires that we believe that gospel message. In John 8, verse 24, Jesus said, except you believe that I am he, you shall die in your sins. Uh, he requires that we be willing to repent of sin. Uh, Acts 17, verses 30 and 31, there uh, Paul preaching uh, to the Athenians declared uh, that the times of this ignorance God winked at, but commands now that all men everywhere repent because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by Christ Jesus. We must make the confession of faith, uh, Matthew 10, verse 32, that we believe Jesus to be the Christ, the Son of God. We must be willing to be baptized uh, in water for the remission of sin. In 1 Peter 3, verse number 21, there Peter declared that the like figure uh, uh, whereunto baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God. And, and if the question is asked, what's the big deal about baptism? Baptism is God's say-so. Uh, and, and when we submit ourselves to, ba uh, to baptism, as Peter said, it is the answer of a good conscience to the command of God. And as a matter of grace and mercy, when we do these things in the waters of baptism, God will wash away our sins by the blood of Christ Jesus and dwell us with his spirit and add us to the church. And thereafter, he requires that we live obediently, uh, uh, walking according to the things that we find taught uh, uh, in the Bible. In 1 Peter 2, verse 9, Peter declared, but you are a chosen generation, 
a royal priesthood and holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praise of him that have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Perhaps you're listening to this broadcast and uh, you want to enter into the door of salvation. You want to be saved by the blood of Christ Jesus and be a part of the church that you can read about in the Bible. If that be the case, then we bid you to reach out to us at elders at laurelchurch.net, and our elders will see to it that provision is made for you to be baptized into Christ Jesus, that you can walk in the newness of life. And at this time, we'll have the invitation, so, uh, hymn of invitation. <laughs> 